<clears throat> this is Seattle Sports Diary Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. Salutations to all people out there in YouTube land. Sorry, did I was that a little bit too loud, Matt? <laughs> no, no, you're good. I was okay. Lowering this. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand. Sp Oop, hold on a second. Close that up. I don't want you guys seeing the inside of my closet. I don't want you seeing the skeletons in there. <laughs> uh, hold. There we go. Had to get that burp out before anything, but uh, and now we got a uh. Sorry about that. We've got a weed eater in the background, so we're just going to hear a little bit of that. But anyway, welcome to a new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. I am your host, Mike. And as you can see, I got my amazing Mariners host, Matt, here. Uh, Matt in the uh, beautiful uh, sun sunshine state of Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, overcast, uh, stormy all day. Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, uh, you know, we got a lot to talk about for this baseball segment because... Um, you know, it seems like the Mariners, it, it, it's, it's a serious, being a Mariners fan is seriously like going on a roller coaster. You go up at a very slow pace and then all of a sudden it just goes straight down rocket and then goes back up again. But I mean, the Mariners seem like they might have finally figured it out, but also yeah. we got word today from Ryan Divish, <clears throat> excuse me. We got word from Ryan Divish that now it looks like that uh, Mitch Haniger and Kyle Lewis are set to be making rehab starts, possibly within next week or if not within two weeks. Wow! So the Mariners are—it's—it's it's not confirmed, by the way. It's not confirmed, but it sounds like the Mariners are getting healthy at the right moment in time, and you know. This is good news for us because now we get to finally see a full, healthy S Seattle Mariners lineup with the works. And not only that, but we've got Carlos Santana, the newest addition to the team. Um, Mariners legend, might I add. <laughs> yeah, no, he's. <laughs> I'm glad we actually got someone else, especially because Ty France is down and other suspensions coming up. So it obviously gives an extra bat. But can you imagine if we can come into August and have a completely healthy lineup, that would be insane. We, I think we would actually be the most unstoppable team, and that would be our definite push for, for the wild card. Division, no, that's out of the question. We're not going to catch oh, up. Oh, no. Uh, if, if, any, if any Mariner fans are under the delusion that we are going to possibly take the division, it would. I'm going to be honest with you. It would have to take a major and unfortunate event of collapse from the Houston Astros. We're 12 yeah. and a half games back. So we're 12 and a half games back in the, in the West. That's not happening. But as of right now, we are starting today, five and a half games back in the wild card. And that's good news because it's great news from how we started. Yes. I mean, this is amazing news. I mean, people look, do I really think that the Mariners can make the playoffs? 
if it was a couple weeks ago and they were playing as bad as they were a few weeks ago, I would have said no. But because of the resurgence that they have shown us and the fact that they are making that, 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 that this team really is showing us life because we got we got a story to tell because I, I really kind of wish that we did the podcast the day after this happened. I really wish that we would have done the podcast the day after this happened. But the Mariners are showing fight mm-hmm. literally. Because this past Sunday was perhaps the most incredible baseball brawl that I have ever seen. What was it 17 and really, minutes long? <laughs> it didn't stop. It really didn't. And you know what? Look, I need to get a Jesse Winker jersey because yep. that man, has uh, he's officially on fire. And as of today, J.P. Crawford is now serving a four-game suspension for his actions in that brawl. Um Hoping Jesse Winker can get maybe because uh, originally it was it was five games. It was a five game suspension for Jesse Winker or seven game suspension, actually seven game suspension for Jesse Winker. So hopefully that can actually get bumped down to five because we really don't want to lose that bat in that line because Jesse Winker is tearing the cover off the ball. This is the Jesse Winker that we were all hoping to get. And yes, Jesse yes. Winker has really been he's been absolutely on fire. His numbers are going up in every category. He's seeing the ball better. It's just been a hell of a lot of fun to finally see the guy we all thought we were going to get. And he's helping us win games. That's even better. Like, we're winning. We're we're on a tear right now. What is it? We've won seven of the last ten? Eight of the last something like that? I need to yes. double check. But, no, we're, we're and also, winning. And we're winning. Like, we're, we're showing them up and pitching and hitting. It's, it's obviously we knew our pitching was fantastic these this past month. Like, we had had to have been in top five, top three pitching in the league. And now the bats are alive. Like, watch out, everybody, because when the bats are alive in Seattle, the, the pitching is going to be phenomenal. So we're, we're going to take the rise up. But you go back to the roller coaster. Like, we did this a couple weeks ago when we went on a little bit of a run. And we're like, oh, we're going to mm-hmm. get there. And then we dipped a little. We're like, ah, oh, we're out of it. And now we're on a, that high again. But this feels a little different because I think the injuries are going to whittle down we're going to start getting healthier and we can get Hanniger back and lewis back in this lineup oh my god dude it's gonna be so much fun to watch yeah it really is um but i mean let's let's quickly talk about this brawl that happened i mean really this this started weeks ago because i mean the we, we were playing the angels they throw at justin upton's head not on purpose it was not it was not intentional. I could tell right away that that was not an intentional thrown at. Um, but again, uh, Saturday night, Eric Swanson, you know, they, they they're pitch They're trying to pitch Mike, Mike Trout high and tight, which is his weakest point in batting. And they know that uh, Swanson did not have the field for the fastball. Um, accidentally let a fastball let loose and it just barely almost grazed uh, Mike Trout in the head. And so, you know, Eric Swanson says, you know, hey, I, you know, that was my bad. I'm sorry. He is apologizing to him. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's apologizing. What does Mike Trout do? Mike Trout just absolutely I showed zero class, showed zero class, goes to the media and says, well, if you if you don't have any control of that ball, you, you're not going to throw it. You know, if you're going to hit me, hit me in the ribs. Don't hit me in the in the in the head. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sorry, <clears throat> but the, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then 
to hear that the angels had an opener, you knew something was going to, you knew something was going to happen. And Phil Nevin, in my opinion, is a classless, classless piece of shit. That's why he got the most suspension. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they saw right through it. <laughs> like, like, dude, you're a dick. You're going to be gone the longest. More well, than the guys who are throwing punches. Th- look, and this is what kills me. Look, uh, I'm not one to start a civil war with a fan base. I don't really want a civil war between a fan base. But as of, as we're looking on Twitter, it's officially a civil war between Angels Twitter and Mariners Twitter. It's ridiculous. Look. I follow zero um, Angels fans, so I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. There's a few Angels. I, I there, you. There's a few Angels fans that we follow, but um, I'm going to say this. Look, Angels fans need to need to see it from the from the big picture. Phil Nemen was classless. That was not cool at all. And John Boy, first of all, a huge shout out to John Boy Media. I love John um, Boy. That, <laughs> that guy's so great. They are they are some of the best. Uh, baseball media uh, that is uh, out there, but you know they did a breakdown of the brawl, and Jesse Winker came out looking better than he did it originally in the brawl. But the Angels really did look horrible in this breakdown. Phil Neville, Phil Nevin was he? I mean, and and the the worst part about this brawl is it could it could have been avoided. It completely could have been avoided. But the umpires were just complete idiots, and they should have given warnings to both teams before that game be- happened. Because um, for these umpires to say, "Oh, we had no," or for the home plate umpire to say, "Oh, I had no idea what happened last night," then then why are you a major league baseball umpire? Why are yeah. you a major league baseball umpire if you don't even see what happened last night? Mm-hmm. Um, very piss poor look. On both the Angels and the Mariners' point of view, though, it, it it's a bad look for both sides, but it's also a good look for both sides because you know both teams are struggling, both teams were uh, having tough seasons, and you know both teams showed fight. But uh, we lose uh, Luis Torrens to a shoulder, and uh, the Angels had uh, Archie Bradley break his—I think he broke his arm—climbing over Jeez. the railing. Like seriously. Is if service brawl, on the bottom of the pile at one yeah, point? service was on the bottom of the pile. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I mean, I think the MLB did not handle this, the suspensions very well, because um, why is Julio Rodriguez getting a two-game suspension? That's that doesn't make any sense. It should because be if, if Well, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Julio is going to win his appeal. He's not going to get a single game worth the suspension because if if baseball is going to watch that video julio didn't even throw a punch he he wasn't even trying to get at anybody no he had the ball thrown at his head first and that's when they gave the warnings to each each dugout which i thought was stupid to give the mariners a warning when they're the one that got the ball thrown at them and and then that's that's what bothers me the most about the julio is that he had no reason to be suspended when he was the victim to begin with and then he was just defending his teammates at that point i understand the winker because man he threw in some punches <laughs> like he, he probably nailed like seven haymakers i mean so. i'm not gonna lie i feel like jesse winker went all ufc on the angels <laughs> he was seeing red dude <laughs> like and i 
perfect timing. I mean, I really wish that no one would have done it, <laughs> just because I think we could have ended up with the sweep that game, but it's all right. I guess we can well, take um, definitely the, the Mariners could have definitely swept that team, and that's and I think that's another reason why the Angels did throw at uh, the Mariners, and they wanted to get this brawl going because they wanted to get certain players kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the so sweep only, almost happened. Our only bench player at that point was, was what, Cal Rally, I think it was? So we had... We had no one left. So there was no way to pinch it unless you did mm-hmm. for Cal, which I think we ended up doing anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, so again, you know, th- this whole brawl thing was just very interesting because, um, again, it all could have been avoided. It really could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric Swanson, again, apologized to Mike Trout. Mike Trout doesn't take that apology. I mean... This this whole situation makes the Angels look bad, and it made Mike Trout look bad. It yeah, really did. I, make... I don't I don't know where that comes from from Mike Trout. I don't know if it's because he's dealt with so many injuries and doesn't want to get beamed in the head, which I understand. No one wants to. No, but... I mean, look, I, I'm I'm going to side with Mike Trout on something. Look, he's been dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to get thrown at, but when a player when a pitcher accidentally throws the ball and it just gets lost in his hand don't go to the media don't be bitching to the media saying oh they were throwing at me he didn't throw at you on purpose and again i'm not going to fully criticize mike trout but i need to give him a little bit of criticism because you know ken griffey jr (laughs) he had a fair share amount of baseballs get thrown at him Mm -hmm. he never went to the media and start and decided to start some shit. That's the thing. He never he never wanted to start anything. Um, the 1994 brawl with the Mariners and the Orioles. If you oh, yeah. watch that brawl, Griffey is doing everything that he can to try to break it up and make sure that he doesn't get hurt. Oh, I remember the brawl with the Indians when uh, I think it was Randy Johnson threw at Kenny Lofton's head, which he did multiple times throughout his career. You see, <laughs> yeah, you see, you see Griff. You even see, I think, in the All Star game when he pitches against him. Um, that was actually what, Larry Walker that he threw at. That was Larry Walker. It was someone else, that, but it definitely was Kenny Lofton. If you watch a few videos, like he's always straight at his head every single time when he faces against him. Speaking, so when that speaking brawl of broke Kenny Lofton. Griffey was doing the same exact thing. He was trying to grab like Kenny and Albert Bell and whatever. I'm like, hey guys, let's just chill. Like, there's no reason for us to fight. And speaking of Kenny Lofton, I'm trying to get him on the 100th podcast. By the way, speaking of awesome. that, the countdown is at seven. We are seven, seven podcasts away, and truly cannot wait for this because. Um, so, by the way, we uh, we got a Facebook co- uh, commentary, and I know who it is. It's Chris. Uh, he commented on it and saying that uh, I was actually lucky enough to go to the Saturday night Mariners five to three win uh, versus uh, versus the Angels and the Sunday afternoon brawl game. Uh, he also got Logan Gilbert's autographed on his baseball glove. Just an incredible couple days for him. And he says that he lives in Phoenix, so I did make the five hour drive there and back. <laughs> first of all, first of all, that's some dedication there. To, to drive five out to drive basically uh 20 hour or or 20 hours just to go watch just to go watch uh, two baseball games that's Jeez. incredible uh huge shout out to you chris by the way for doing that um but no uh, the, the again Ma- major league baseball has got to see that uh you know uh julio should not receive one single game of suspension but 
uh, as of tonight, J.P. Crawford is serving his suspension, and they said that when he comes when he comes back onto the roster, Jesse Winkle, Winker will start his suspension. So um, I like how baseball is not taking both guys away from the Mariners. They're at least letting one guy stay while one serves the suspension. Now, does that always happen? Like that's I don't know if I've that always heard. happens. I don't know if that always happens, but like, I mean, okay, I once just... they're done suspension, then we'll do the next guy, then the next guy. I figure it's all at once. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> the, the thing, the thing that I have with this is, um, I I like that JP is actually getting suspended first because, um, posted a tweet on on of course the Apple Sports Diaries Twitter account, but. I really wanted I, I wanted JP to get suspended first because he he really has had a tough month of of June. I mean, if we're gonna it, let, let me go ahead and pull JP Crawford up here because uh, JP Crawford began uh, this month with a two ninety nine batting average, and he is now down to two sixty one. So he is so he has lost almost he has lost almost. 40 points in his batting average for this it, month alone. Has it been that bad? <laughs> it, it's been bad. It's been, <laughs> That's kind of wild. Been, I didn't think it was that bad, but yeah. So in the month of June, uh, and this is the bad part. So uh, JB Crawford, though, has been struggling for uh, most of May and, uh, uh, well, a little bit in May he was struggling, and now June, it just really hit the fan. But uh, in April and March, uh, in 21 games, he was hitting 360, and then all of a sudden in May he hit 247. Which you know, look, you're you're going to hit a snag every once in a while, but June has seen him hit 202. I mean, it's it's bad. And when you also look at it, look at the OPS as well. Look at the OPS. He was he was at a one he was at a 1023 in April and March. He was down to 666 in May, and then in June he had an OPS of 5, 552. I mean, that's it, it's really not a good sign. So hopefully, hopefully JP Crawford, that you know these four games that he does get to get a little bit of a breather will be beneficial for him because you know, look, do I think JP Crawford is an excellent hitter? Yes, I do. Do I think that hitters are going to hit a slump? Of course, I do. Mm-hmm. But this month has been brutal for JP Crawford. He's, he's getting his out of the way and saving all the good stuff for July and August. And, <laughs> you know the, the months that really, really matter. Yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing. And Winker um, did the same thing. He's like, you know, I'm going to do my struggles at the beginning of the season, but I'm going to catch fucking fire in June and finish the season batting <laughs> 300. <laughs> So real quickly, Chris actually commented and he said, correction, I only drove a total of 10 hours. Uh, he slept in his car on Saturday night in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> in there. First of all. <laughs> the safest parking lot to sleep in, man. First, of all, first, of, all, first of all, Chris, you need, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if the Mariners hand fan awards out beside, for like toughing it out. Um, I feel like I should have gotten an award for toughing it out out in Florida because <laughs> I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm toughing it out in Florida, <laughs> but no, I mean, dude, you, you sleep in a Walmart parking lot. What the fuck? You didn't get a hotel. Hotels are expensive, man. This economy. 
Oh, <laughs> <in> your car. <laughs> I mean, it, it it really is. Hotels are really damn expensive. I know the one that I stayed in uh, Miami. I was lucky enough to get a seventy-three dollar a night. That's actually hotel. really good. Uh, it sounds really good, but the place was absolute dog shit. Well, you're in Miami, <laughs> like, just, <laughs> and you're in Florida. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the hotel that I was staying at, I got a fu- I got a fun little story for you. So I actually broke their rules and I smoked in the uh, in the room. Because I was just like, fuck it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't really care because this, this hotel's garbage. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, we've had much worse go on. Probably. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> so um, I was all the way at the top, by the way, I was at the top of the entire thing. And I was the last room on the left side of the hotel. If you're, if you're, if you're like looking this way, not, not opposite way, but I was on the left side, uh, last room all the way down uh lucky for me i had uh i had to uh so i had a sliding door uh which and i had a balcony that had about um i want to say about six inches of room (laughs) just enough just enough for my fat ass to squeeze up there (laughs) but anyway (laughs) so um I really wish I would have I really wish I would have called you and I, or actually would have texted you and say, "Hey, can I stay with you instead of having to spend the money?" <laughs> Come up to West Palm, why not? <laughs> I know your flight's probably leaving Miami, but maybe you can fly out of West Palm Beach. You never know. Well, I would have just said, "Can you drop me off at the airport then?" <laughs> now I got to anyway. three trips. <laughs> <laughs> Go catch another Marlins game while I'm down there. <laughs> So anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I want to say it was the, uh, the, the second day that I was there at the hotel, um, uh, before, or no, it was the, uh, actually it was the first night that I was there. It was the first night that I was there, uh, for the Mariners game, the night out the, the first, after the first game. And I get back to the hotel and I think the Mariners won. No, they lost that game. They lost, they lost two out of three. Uh, did they lose two out of three? They lost two out of three yeah, to the Marlins. Yeah. So as I'm in the hotel, I just went like this. I'm, I'm looking around. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do this. I don't care. I had two cigars. And so I lit one up. And <laughs> the, so apparently the, uh, um, uh, the, the next door, the person who was next door to me saw smoke coming out of the window. And, <laughs> and so they, they had, the, they had the people come up knocking on the door and I put my and I put my cigar right there on the balcony, like the, the six inch balcony. <laughs> and so they're they're coming there. They're like, "Sir, are you smoking in the? Are you smoking in the room?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm smoking on the balcony." <laughs> That's not in the room. I did. <laughs> and I went like this, and I said, "I'm just lucky I can fit on there." And she's like, oh, so you're not smoking in the room. And I'm like, no, but if you smell cigar smoke, it's because the door is open. And she's like, oh, okay, you're fine. So uh, she goes, she goes back down and I go over to the next door and I knock on the door. And uh, I was like, did you report, did you report me to the front desk? And they're like, oh, well, we saw smoke coming out of the window. And I was like, I'm smoking. And they're like, oh, that's what was happening. 
And I'm like, what the fuck did you think I was doing? What did you think I was doing? Can you tell by the smell? <laughs> smells like a cigar. It must be a cigar. <laughs> I, I, I want to say that I think they might have thought that I was doing a fucking dumb, dumbass ritual, like actually lighting a fire in the stinking room. Oh, but I had to get guys. I had to get that. I had to get that funny story out there because I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But um. <laughs> Um, getting back to baseball, though, I want to bring this up. So Ty France has been announced that he is a finalist uh, for the All-Star Game. Congratulations to Ty France. Um, so it's not official that he is going to be an All-Star. So I, I, I don't understand how that works, because if you're the top two in the first baseman category, shouldn't you be in the All-Star Game? He'll definitely but, be in. I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be. Maybe not a starter, because of Vlad, but mm -hmm. well, so, and this is something that I want to bring up. So the top five, um, for the American league outfield, uh, for our all-star voting, uh, hang on a second. So the top five players are Aaron judge, Mike Trout, George Springer, surprise, 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 surprise. Um, the, uh, and then the, uh, uh, fourth is Giancarlo Stanton and Lotus Guriel Jr. Um, and then in 12th place is Julio Rodriguez. And this is, and, and I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring this up again. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up fan voting, but that is not right. Lotus Lourdes Guriel is a good player, but I don't think he's better than Julio Rodriguez. I just don't. And this is, this is another thing that I wanted to bring up. So, um, for the National League All-Star shortstop, for number five is Fernando Tatis Jr. with 350,804 uh, votes. And this is why fans should no longer be voting for All-Stars because the man hasn't played a single goddamn game. Mm -hmm. And he gets almost a half a million votes. Are you kidding me? Um, we said this before, like it, it's it's every single sport that that has the fans voting like Clay Thompson got into the All-Star game and he missed more than half the season. I feel like like, yeah, we know that they're good, but he hasn't played like it, it happens every single year. You, you see it. Uh, I think even Steph Curry, when he had his uh, year long injury, he got voted into the All-Star game as a starter like mm -hmm. and you see it in baseball all the time, too. It's all about, you know, population and you know, who's more popular at that point? <laughs> I mean, Julio has way better numbers than Gurriel right now. Look at it. He has way better numbers. Now, the only category. thing the only thing that Gurriel has done, he's hit better than he has hit better than Julio. He's batting 284 while Julio is at 270, I believe. Uh hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me get let me let me pull it up. So Julio coming in. Uh 272. But you know, again, this is why I'm I've been saying it. I don't think the fans should be voting for any sport because I don't agree. I don't I just don't agree with this. I don't agree that fans should be allowed to vote. If you're first of all, Fernando Tatis Jr. should have never been on the all star ballot. Should have never been on the all star ballot to begin with. Why would you put now the fact that Kyle Lewis <laughs> got votes for the DH? <laughs> I've. I've 
I've been writing in Cal Raleigh for catcher. Now see, that's, now, see, that's a voting that I would understand because He's Cal been Raleigh one of the is the most dominant catchers in the American League. And he has some months. of the best. He has some of the best stats in uh, for catchers in this. The only thing that uh, really hurts him is that batting average. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, speaking of the catchers, you know, Cal Raleigh has really defined himself this year. He's really done a great job at, you know, fixing his swing, fixing the mechanics that he needed to fix. And he's he's really showing what what he can really do. If he if if Cal, if you're going to say that Cal Raleigh is going to be a lifetime 230, 240 hitter, I'm fine with that. I, I'm, 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 I'm honestly perfectly fine with him being that type of a hitter, because, you know, most catchers don't really hit above 250. Most catchers are not uh, above 250 hitters. And so I'm very happy with how Cal Raleigh has been. I want to I want to go ahead and bring up Cal Raleigh real quickly, because um if you if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about jd crawford's monthly stats let's talk about cal raleigh um so here we go so cal raleigh baseball reference by the way thank you very much baseball reference is the best freaking baseball site in the world i don't care what anybody says (laughs) so um so this is exactly what cal raleigh's been doing uh for the month of june he's batting 237 so he's hitting 237, which is absolutely phenomenal. He has six home runs and 12 RBIs. Uh, the walkout to strikeout ratio is really good. You know, 10 walks to 22 strikeouts, but it's a lot better than his mate. He had three walks and t- 19 strikeouts. So that's not really that great. But his OPS is up there at 882. That's the one thing that I'm looking at is his OPS. And uh, the numbers just really do stand out and say that. You know, he he really is. I think he really has figured it out. And I'm really proud of Cal Raleigh because, you know, Cal is definitely a a big part of this future. And I believe that he is. I believe that he's going to be here for a very long time. And I'm really happy of the of the success that he's found now. I, I I'm happy if he's our everyday catcher. I I like Tom Murphy and all, but I mean, Cal Raleigh, man, he just seems to be getting it done. And, and if you can get a guy like him getting you 20 home runs a year, which is definitely possible and he's can bat 220 230 as our catcher i'll take it uh, yeah i mean i want uh, most of my production come from my first baseman in ty france and then julio in center like that's where i want most of my production coming from anyway and a guy like cal rally is gonna bomb one once every four games when we're gonna win those games <laughs> hell yeah i'll take I, it I, i'll take guy. it i'll take it um so this was a discussion that i wanted to bring up with you uh dick fane dave softy marler over on 93.3 KJR. Real shout out to those guys. Those guys are awesome uh, on the show that they do. But they brought up an interesting little tidbit that I wanted to discuss with you last week. And unfortunately, Matt here uh, was selfishly doing dad duties. He was being selfish. So selfish. <laughs> Spending time with my daughter. What a dick. Yeah, right? It's such an asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is something that I want <laughs> So this is something that I wanted to bring up with you. So the, so right now, the, uh, the the New York Yankees are on a current pace to win 120 games. Um, I don't know what I don't know what the pace changed with the with the series loss to the uh, to the Astros did, but they are 56 and 20 right now. Um, so the question is, is um, if if the Yankees were to break the 116 win season record for the Mariners. Do you take that 116 win off that 2021, 
that 2001 uh, AOS champion banner? Um, I don't think so. Just because really of how long that record was in place, and I don't it was know. A I mean, year I... all around, especially for for the Mariners. Um, yeah, we had the All Star game that year. Obviously, the wins. Um, I, I just I just think overall it was just one of the most memorable teams we've had. Of course, with the '95 Mariners. I mean, what else do we have besides that? And I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think the Yankees are going to do it, but. If they do, no, keep it up. Just because it's it's, it's what we have, man. That's <laughs> all we have. Give us, give us that. I'd, so it, it would look, it would look more ridiculous, I think, if we did take it down. Uh, I don't know, unless we took it down like a ceremonial Whoa. thing. We did it. Okay, you just missed that. I actually had a freaking fruit fly in my face. I just gnashed <laughs> it right out of the air. Holy shit! That takes. Dude, right that's cue. some goddamn seeker. That's seeker movement. I need to go. I need to join a Quidditch team now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have those here. Do they have those up there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they have those in Florida. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but um, so this is uh, this is the the thing that I wanted to bring up is especially with uh with the um. Uh, the Mariners banner with with that banner, because I I don't know. I just I don't think that I want it up there if if the Yankees break the record, because I want to put it to you this way. You know, the Golden State Warriors won 73 games in 2000 in the 2015, 16 season. Mm -hmm. Their banner says Western Conference champions. It doesn't say 73 wins. And why doesn't it say 73 wins? Because they didn't win at all. Look, I, I I get That's it. True. I get I get I get some people saying, you know, hey, you know, don't 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 worry. Don't worry about it. Don't fit. And I think it's kind of funny. I think it's very, very funny how people will say, don't destroy history. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You see where I was going with that? Yeah. One? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um. No, the, the Warriors don't have a banner that says uh, the Western Conference champions and 73 wins. They didn't win at all. Well, so that, they that's also the have championship banners, though. Like, <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> They're a dynasty. We Mariners have won the division, what, twice, three times? Uh, three twice? times, yeah. Three times. So, but, um, so, but the problem is, is also there's another banner in the stadium that I kind of really want taken down, and it's the American League Championship Series banner. Um, that thing annoys the hell out of me. I get that there's not a lot of banners in the <laughs> in in the entire stadium, but also I don't understand why there's not a 2000 uh, wild card champion banner up there because I, I mean it's still still a championship banner. But I mean, yeah. the thing that I have with the 116 win thing is again we didn't win it all. We didn't win it all. I mean, we I mean, we we struggled in the playoffs. We almost got beat by a wild card Indians team. And then we couldn't even take the Yankees to seven games. We got we got booted out in four in five games. I mean, that was just sad. Wow. What a, that That's is that the biggest collapse for one of the best teams. I want to say that is to not the even collapse. To not even make it to the World Series. I would think so. I wouldn't even think it was be the Warriors losing. Look, in the finals. I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest with you. If we had gotten to the World Series and lost. I would have no problem with that banner. I would yeah. not have a problem with that banner. But I'm going to leave it at this. 
I understand why people don't want it to come down because it is a reminder that, you know, we did something real special that year. We had, we had one of the best teams in baseball. And uh, I think K Hart's here in the, in the chat. Hold on a second. Is that you K Hart? Yes. Yes, oh, dude, what are you what are you doing? What are you, you only got audio? You can't get you. Are you are First you still... of all, it's not my time, sir. You said five thirty five. I just came <laughs> on early. I'm doing hair and makeup right now. He's doing hair and makeup. He's obviously talking about putting on his wig. I'm doing hair and makeup. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you here in a second then. By the way, for everybody wondering, we just uh, both me and K Hart recorded a new podcast yesterday for PS Commentaries. We did Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, uh, be sure to like and comment and subscribe to uh, BS Commentaries, as you see right here on the uh, little banner below. Uh, be sure to f uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google as well. Um, so we did Sonic the Hedgehog yesterday, which was really fun. Uh, but and uh, the the podcast will be up on Apple tomorrow. Where I'm, I decided that, I, huh? How was it? It's a good movie. It's a good movie. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Well, I mean, it, it, I tell you what, uh, <laughs> if you have time tonight, what you do, you have Paramount Plus, right? Uh, actually, yeah, I do. Okay, so here's what you do go to onto YouTube. Um, and hold on a sec. I think it was you, you're gonna have to pause the movie at an eventual spot because K Hart had to catch up. <laughs> up. But uh, like, actually, listen to the commentary while you watch the movie. I mean, I think that might. You know be what? I'll fun. do that. I'll, I don't. Know. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I work at night, and I usually just watch movies or TV shows while I'm working. So that will be perfect. There you go. <laughs> don't tell my boss that. <laughs> I ain't telling him shit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so getting back to the Mariners, though. Um, Right now, the Mariners, like we said, are sitting at five and a half games back in the wild card. They are looking really good. They're looking good. And as we mentioned, they um, they actually got um, uh, they actually got. They're getting healthy at the right time. Um, I know Ty France's injury was very unfortunate. It really hurt us because um, that was not that is not a player that you needed to see get hurt. It was a very unfortunate thing. And I saw a lot of Mariner fans uh, really criticize noisy Sheldon noisy. And here's the thing, you know, it really wasn't his fault. I mean, I, if you're going to blame anybody you need to blame the home plate umpire umpire for not calling a strike three on an obvious strike three call. And then you need to blame Abraham Toro for a very horrible throw. Um, I know we said no Abraham Toro slander no for the next bashing two days. Two days, two days of two, no two doubles, two days, two days. There's going to be two days counting today. of no Abraham Toro's batter. I, I only pointed out the throw just because we needed to point it out. That was it. That was it. I, I wasn't bashing him. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, I mean, and, and the best part is, is that it is just a 10 day IL stand, which is really good. Um, but I need I think, dude, you and I, we need to give Jerry DePoto. Big, big congratulations on making a very smart move yesterday um, with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, who went down with the injury, went down with the injury in the outfield. I can't even remember. Uh, Trammell. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How the hell did I not forget? The, yeah. Taylor Trammell went down with the injury okay. with the hamstring. Um, 
I did see that video of him actually hurting his hamstring in Tacoma, and it was not pretty. So, but huge shout out to Jerry Depoto on making the one of the smartest moves of the season. Because I was very scared and very, very worried that he was going to call Jared Kelnick up. And you don't as want you remember, yet. huh? You don't want it yet. No. You well, as you up. remember, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking with Jason Churchill, mm. he said that they are not going to call him up. They're going to leave him down there to work on his, uh, you know, strikeout problem because he's having a he does have a big strikeout problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last time I saw he had a strikeout rate of 58.8% and a walk rate of 5.8% down there, is that which better is not or worse good. Than Torres? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's bad. So he definitely needs to work on that, but mm-hmm. you know what? I, th- I think you and I, no, we didn't talk about this, but um, so Adam, Ter- Adam Frazier is not going to be with this team next year. I don't think. I don't think he's going to be on this team next year. Yeah, no problem. And not. so I'm going to go ahead and put this out there because I think you might even agree with me. I th- think Sam Haggerty might be your second baseman choice because I think so. You know what? Look, we we can talk about Dylan Moore all we want. He really is a good uh utility player. He definitely comes up clutch in some in some situations. But every time I've seen Sam Haggerty play, all he does, he makes every opportunity count and he's showing and he's showing Scott service, you know, Hey, I deserve a spot on this roster. And look, if you want to make, if you want to go out and get another second baseman to be your starter, fine. But if I'm going to give a utility job to anybody, it's going to go to Sam Haggerty mm-hmm. because Sam Haggerty is a he can little slap bit. The ball. He can oh slap my God. It. Yes. And he can he sprays it everywhere. So he does. That's that's the big thing about him is that he's he knows how to hit the ball everywhere. And again, he is wicked fat. He's faster than Dylan Moore. I think he's way fast. Oh my god. <laughs> that's also why I want Dylan Moore on the team because that's because at least three speedsters with Julio and Haggerty. Yeah, why not? I mean, Evo, if but... if you can keep if you can keep two utility guys on the team, mm-hmm. you know that'd be big. But. You know, Sam Haggerty yesterday with a four for four day. I mean, after being called up, are you kidding me, Sam? Goodness I gracious. I realized he went four for four. My jaw almost <laughs> dropped. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> hey, he went four for four yesterday. <laughs> I have to fact check you on that one. <laughs> he went four for four. If you want me to look it up right now, if you I, don't I, believe me. I got it. I just, I, I'm kind of shocked that I didn't even notice. <laughs> Where is that? Or no, he went three for three. Okay, ah, three so okay, I thought he went four for four. Okay, my fault. My my fault. My fault. Um, but also another thing that I wanted to give Jerry Depoto a shout out is for giving Marcus Wilson a call up because, um, look, that was a very smart move, and congratulations to Marcus Wilson on making his major league debut yesterday. He had a brilliant, brilliant at bat to draw for a walk. He's able to get on second base. Unfortunately, Mariners can't get him home, but it, I mean, it was okay. We won nine to three. Who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> that game but, was over in the what? Uh, fourth inning. It so. was, but I mean, you know, I've actually met Marcus a couple times in Tacoma and he's such a, he is such a great guy. He is such a wonderful, wonderful person to talk to. Um, I was really hoping this Saturday I would actually get to talk to him because I'm actually going to be going to the, the Rainiers game with the, uh, special lady of mine and uh, going to the awesome. marriage game tomorrow with her as well. So I'm going to be nice. enjoying that. 
Yeah, two baseball games in two days. How about that? One major, awesome. one minor. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was just a big, it was a great call up by uh, Jerry Depoto. Very smart move on his part too. Yeah, no, that I agree. I I don't know much about him. I I, I really I haven't really dug really deep in our farm system probably as much as you have. But no, I was, I was glad <laughs> to see a at least a new face, <laughs> a new face up there. No, he. <laughs> I, I want to see some of these younger guys play a little bit more. I'm, I like new faces out there, especially with all the injuries we're having. Why not throw some new yeah. guys out there? Definitely. All right. But I, I, do, do I do want to see Kelnick back so bad, but like, we you know what? I really do too. Ago, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I really do want to see him back, but he has to stay down there. He has yeah. to, he, he, we're not going to see him. I don't, I do not think we will see him until September. And I hope that happens. But uh, that is going to wrap it up for this edition right. of uh, Mariners Talk here on Seattle Sports Diaries. Matt, uh, as always, uh, I will see you next Friday. It's going to be next Friday now. All right. For my um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I will talk to you uh, next week, brother. All right. Take care. Have a good night. You too. And with that, let's bring in our uh, co-host of BS Commentaries, our incredibly sexy and incredibly handsome hockey co-host, K-Hart. What's what? going on, dude? You said See, I knew you weren't doing. I, I knew you weren't doing your hair. I knew you weren't doing your hair. I did. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You see it? I yeah, you almost and all that good stuff. Yeah, you almost have enough for a comb over. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, but yeah. But uh, yeah, like I like I was also saying, uh, both me and K Hart, we did a podcast yesterday for BS Commentaries. We did Sonic the Hedgehog. And not gonna lie, that was a very enjoyable one. We're gonna do. We're gonna be doing a Sonic the Hedgehog two right. next week. So, and uh, hopefully, when Sonic the Hedgehog three comes out, they put it out on uh, Paramount Plus right away. You telling? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, K Hart, we have a new Stanley Cup champion, and it is the Colorado Avalanche. And they ended this one. What was it in six? It was this game was six, six, right? Yeah, I called it. Abs and six. I feel like a lot of people picked abs and six. I don't know. That was just kind of you want it. You you desperately wanted I needed, to see. I needed the seven. But listen, <laughs> before you losers in the comments talk about, oh, he doesn't know puck. Get him out of here. <laughs> Shut your face. It was bound to happen. All right. Delete your comment. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because that was a tired team at the end of the day to get that far. You know, a third time. Who else is doing that? Yeah. Like, Come on, like give them, like give them their flowers. Like that's you'll never see that again. You will never see three straight finals again. That's that was crazy. Exactly. Um, I will say this though, I really feel bad for uh, uh, for Perry. Yes, I feel really bad for Corey Perry because three straight years now of getting to the Stanley Cup, no Stanley Cup to no second ring. Yeah, and that's and that's but that's the thing that people forget. He already has a ring. He got a yeah. ring with the Ducks, um, but it, but you still feel for him. You still feel yeah. for him because he was he was such a great part of the the Anaheim Ducks organization, and you always want to see these guys succeed. Exactly. And uh, you know Cogliano and uh, who else? Josh uh, Manson. There you go. Yeah, Josh Manson and uh, Cogliano with the Stanley Cup title. So I mean that that's a lot of fun to see. But I mean no, I think the Colorado Avalanche they were definitely the better team in this one. Uh, like you said, the Tampa Bay Lightning they were exhausted. They were, they, yeah, were, they, they were, they were spent. They, um, they, um, 
they were exhausted. They couldn't really generate all like by that thought by that third period, you could just tell they were just out of magic, out of gas, out of luck, out of everything. They mm-hmm. only put up, I think, three shots that whole period. You know how yeah, crazy I mean, that it is? is. <laughs> three. But. I mean, it was it was very tough to see it because I mean, you know, look, did did I want to see it go seven? I will no, admit it. I would didn't. I would have loved to have seen it go to seven games and probably go to overtime to decide it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that overtime. I don't know. I got stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't <laughs> overtime. But uh, no, nah, I just. I, I wanted to see I wanted to see the three beat happen, but like make no mistake, that's still a dynasty to even even to, even if to get this far and lose. That's who else is three straight that? three straight Stanley Cups. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean that that is a dynasty. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. That's that's right. going to be you know a good team for a long period of time because you know again, it's not easy. It's not easy to get to the Stanley Cup. It's it's damn near impossible to get to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, two straight years, three fucking straight years. Three years. That's yeah. just impressive. I mean yeah. that's a dynasty no matter what. They're keeping those they're trying they are going to do everything in this uh, in this offseason to keep that team together, but they will probably also make moves to possibly bring in younger guys uh to replace old guys in there as right. well. Right. There's uh there's already talk. This isn't Tampa talk, but uh, there's already talk of them trying to move uh, Ryan McDonough to another team. So that's already in the works. Uh, but it's not like it was his fault, but like still. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, no, but I, but I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy this hockey season because I mean, look. First of all, this hockey season did one was responsible for one incredible thing: you being a part what? of Seattle Sports Diaries. What? <laughs> what? Uh, trying to find trying to find a co- hockey co-host was not that was very hard. But really? you know, obviously, it really was. You would be surprised of how many people like did not think it, it like i could not find anybody and i cannot remember who it was who suggested that i give you a shout that i give you a dm but i th- know I, it was i know who was it was it uh it was, was victor it? oh it was victor it was victor yeah i'm just like okay oh, okay like because okay you don't know this but i used to write for write hockey stories uh oh, nice. years ago nice for uh, pucks of a feather for a uh, fan sided so that's what that's oh about. okay okay there you go um uh, but no, I mean, like the the thing about this hockey season is then again, it, you you became a part of the Seattle Sports Diaries family. I'm so blessed that you are a part of this podcast. You know, you're you're coming up on your one year anniversary here soon. Yes. You're coming up on you got two more months or no, uh, three more months, three more months, and uh, you're or no four four more months. Sorry, it was in October that you came in, right? And so right. you know, you've been and and again we're, we 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 find new ways to talk hockey, even when hockey doesn't happen. And that's the, and that's the most important thing. You know, Riley, he has been off this podcast for a few months because really nothing has happened football wise, but he's going to be coming back here in about a month or two, which is really good. Um, But I mean, no, I mean, this is going to be an interesting free agency for not just the, the Tampa Bay lightning, but also for other teams like the Anaheim ducks who now have money to spend. Oh yeah, they have money to spend, and but they dropped the ball. I saw you. I saw you tweet about so, it. Oh, okay, it was- okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me dispel any rumors. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold <laughs> on. I was being fake mad on Twitter, and the reason why is because I knew I was going to garner some reactions because I'm that kind of person. But with that, <laughs> he being is said, a spammer. With that, with that being said, it is very early, <laughs> and it's not like Kevin Fiala was going to be the make or break. Um, 
free agent. Like, no, yeah, no, but also the, another thing that we can also talk like while you're on here is, of course, NBA. We yeah. can talk a little NBA, of course. Okay. I mean, dude, NBA Twitter is going nuts today. Well, the signings, I'm NBA, so I get it. The signings, <laughs> and then of course, Kevin Durant wants out of out of Brooklyn. First of all, I don't blame Kevin Durant one bit. Yeah. I don't bl- blame him one bit for wanting out of Brooklyn because a you have James Harden. I would well, James Harden's play gone. <laughs> oh wait, gone. wait, I forgot. I forgot <laughs> he was Kyrie. gone. You think about Kyrie? <laughs> yeah, but no, playing with Kyrie. In my opinion, I I, I would never want to play with Kyrie. Because he's a very selfish, egotistical person. I can see that. And, and again, you know, look, I, I don't know what I don't know what the reasons. I, and I'm going to go ahead and speculate this. You can speculate. This is, yeah. And, and first of all, there's a, there's a nice college word. Fl- flipping open the dictionary on this one. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I'm going to speculate that maybe, maybe Kevin Durant wants to go to Miami. Maybe Kevin Durant or maybe Kevin Durant wants to get traded to Miami. Or to Phoenix, and, I, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like those two make the most sense because, you know, first of all, going to Miami that makes that Heat team more better, a little bit better, and you get to soak it up in the sun in in uh, Florida. Yeah. If you go to Phoenix, you get to play with the point god, Devin Booker. Mm, now see, now see, but, but that's the problem right there. They've already like. I think it was uh, Adrian or Shams, one of the two. They're competing about who drops news first, but like news <laughs> already broke that the that the Suns will not will not um, no excuse me that the Nets will not give up KD unless Booker is a part of the deal. So those two. Oh won't play wow! So it's that's, not gonna, okay. So it's not gonna so work. Phoenix is out of the question. Phoenix is, Phoenix is um, out of it. It's that that speculation right there, but Phoenix so, is out of it. So if 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 you're gonna speculate wherever uh, Katie goes, so I think he might go to Miami. I think he might go to Miami, but I I don't know. I don't know if Jimmy Butler would be part of that trade. So that's the question that I that I'm curious about is like who is going to be part of this trade, and what so, does a team need to give up? So I'm I'm thinking in my head, maybe Los Angeles. Hey hey. No okay <laughs> no but, but here's the thing. So here's the thing. This is the biggest. This is arguably the biggest trade in NBA history. The reason why is guys like Jordan, guys like Kobe, guys like LeBron never got traded. So KD is a is a megastar. So this is a crazy trade. This is the Wayne Gretzky trade of the of the uh, NBA. I like that. I like that reference. I like so that reference that you this just made. Is, so whatever that when the trade comes, because it's gonna come, it's gonna be something crazy. I don't know why. I knew I, I wouldn't even know where to start. I would. I have no idea, but like, that's gonna be a crazy trade. Uh, it, it really is. No, when, whenever it goes down, to Lakers. Yeah. Whenever it goes down, it's gonna be a nuts. I don't know exactly what. First of all, you know, if you're the Lakers, if you are the Lakers, you try to find because uh, I don't think Russell Wilson or Russell Russell Wilson Westbrook. Russell Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Is coming back. No, I don't think so either. And first of all, I need to go ahead and comment on this. Like, seriously, was it a forty-seven point three million dollar player option it, that he? It was. Yeah, he he uh, How opted the in. Fuck are these players making that much money? Good uh, God, revenue. <laughs> uh, fuck. You know, when you when you're, I wish the... I could get paid fifty million dollars to dribble a fucking basketball. Well, it's not. It's not even that. It's fifty million dollars to dribble a basketball and miss. 
That's the key part. <laughs> miss. Because that's because so I went to a game in Ma- I went to a Knicks Lakers game in Madison Square Garden, and then the Christmas Day game between the Nets and the Lakers, and he was terrible in both of those games. I I've never seen that. I've never seen Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell. I almost I, I keep saying Russell Wilson. Damn it! I need to I stop know. doing that. I, I I don't understand how Russell Westbrook actually played that badly this year. I've never seen him play that poorly this year. Um, maybe it was the pressure. Maybe I don't know. But maybe he's just overrated. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's that too. Um, but what I will say is, whatever happens, this is going to shake the league to its core. Um, I, I don't even know how you, I don't even know how you make this trade happen. I don't even, I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Because, like, I don't know. Star players have to move. They have to move. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, I mean, the the thing that I that I'm going to speculate about this Kevin Durant move is, you know, there's going to be teams that are going to have to give up draft picks at this point. Oh, of course. All right, and, of course, without question. And, and, and the thing about it is that whoever gets KD or whoever trades for KD, how much are you willing to go in for? Because here's the thing. If I don't know, and, and he's going to be going to a team that's a contender. He's not going to be Absolutely. going to a rebuilding team. He definitely right. is not going to a rebuilding team. He's not going to be going to a last place team. So, and we already just saw uh, the uh, the Spurs trade Dejounte Murray, which I uh, was, was absolutely weird. shocked that they yeah, did. That was weird. I was like, oh, okay. Like you're you're <laughs> trading one of the you're trading one of the rising stars in this league to Atlanta, right? I don't I don't know what the hell the Spurs are doing. But they're definitely they definitely don't want to make the playoffs, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that caught me off guard. I knew it was coming because people were tweeting about it before it happened, but like I'm just like, okay, what what is what does that do for the Spurs? But what do I know? Um this is uh this is gonna be an interesting offseason. This is only day one of the offseason, technically. Well, technically, like I know the Warriors won a championship. A few, it's been a few weeks now, uh, but this is going to be something. Uh, KD could go back to the Warriors, but I mean, who do you give up at that point for that? Because I mean, now it has to be a that's, trade. That's the that's the million dollar question. I mean, exactly who are you willing to give up for KD? Because KD's not KD's not the same player that he was four years ago, in my opinion. No. He's not the same player. I mean, he can still score. He's still one of the most electrifying scorers out there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that, but he is getting older. And he's just, he's not the, he's not the electrifying player that he really was a couple of years right. ago. So again, the question is, is really, who are you, what are teams willing to give up for this guy? What are teams willing to give up for this guy? What are teams willing to truly give up for KD? Because if, if you're going to go in, if you're going to go all in on KD, that means you, you it's, it's NBA championship or bust. Right. Which is, well, it's been bust lately for the Nets. I don't. Again, I, no, no, no. I don't understand why he left the Warriors in the first place. Because, and I've been telling people this for the past few weeks. It's like you had a lot, a winning lottery ticket, mm-hmm. right? Like this lottery ticket. You had a willing um, a lottery ticket right here. It's guaranteed to have a hundred million dollars on it. And you go, nah, I'm good. I, I'd rather work for it. That doesn't make sense. So, um, 
but now, but now this all makes him look bad because Kyrie was about to leave, and then he came back, and now he wants to trade, which makes Kyrie look dumb. So everybody involved with the Nets looks stupid right now. Everybody. I mean, that whole that whole organization yeah. is messed up. That whole organization is messed up. And funnily enough, a so I was at Lids today, and they and I guess Lids sent out a uh, a nationwide email to the to the managers, and they have already marked down KD's jerseys to thirty <laughs> percent. I, I I got some I got a I got some nice Brooklyn Nets shirts if anybody wants them because <laughs> yeah um, y'all y'all not getting much for that. No, you're really not. I mean, uh, granted, I will say this: uh, one of the one of the most valuable jerseys I own is a Kevin Durant Sonics jersey. Got it right there in my closet. I will gladly wear that. So, oh wait a minute, I just thought of something. Maybe Katie can request a trade to the Seattle Super. Su- wait. Never mind. Never mind. And that's another thing that I wanted to talk about with you is uh, they've announced that a preseason game will be played at Climate Pledge Arena. Which I think is very Portland versus the fucking clip. Are you serious? Portland gets a goddamn game in in Climate Pledge Arena before the Sonics ever do? That's bullshit to me. That's that's like curb stomping on somebody's grave. Like, how could you do that? Are you serious? And and. Yeah. Look, let's be honest. I, I'm going to be honest with you. When the Sonics left, I did start paying attention to uh, to Portland because they're the proxy. only team in the Northwest. Yeah, because they're proxy. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, I want to say the last the last NBA game that I actually went to uh, was when uh, Russell Westbrook was still a member of the OKC Thunder. Wow, that's and, a long time. I and did, they beat... They beat the Phoenix Suns, who were on the rise at that point. So, I, I mean, I, I will say this. You know, the, the OKC may have won, and I, w- I will say this. I was wearing my Sonics jersey, and I got harassed. I got so harassed by people, and I'm just like... and it I don't wasn't know why. People, it was a bunch of stupid teenagers, and I'm just like, I'm balling up my fist. I'm getting pissed off, and my mom is just... She goes like this. I got up one point. She puts her hand on my shoulder. She's like, just let it go. And I'm just like, I'm trying to let it go, but they're pushing my fucking buttons. <laughs> which which is weird because you wouldn't see that if you were at a hurricane, uh, a Carolina Hurricanes game and somebody was walking around in a Whalers jersey or a no, because Northeast people, jersey at an Avs game. So that's really weird. But this is I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna sound like an old grump right now, but I yeah. feel like is it just me or this new generation of kids? They just have no respect for anybody. Like, it doesn't matter how old they are. They're going to disrespect you. <laughs> yeah. Anything to get a quick joke off. Yeah. Anything like they're trying to be, they're trying to be a Twitter troll in real life and it doesn't yeah. work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, we're almost uh, done with our hockey segment here. We're, uh, we're going to be doing our uh, UW segment here in a little bit. We have a UW committee, Landon Hatchett uh, going to be joining both me and Roman on here. He committed just a couple days ago to UW. So excited to actually have him a part of the University of Washington. And I don't know if you heard the news, but did you hear about the uh, the college football news that got dropped today? Uh, is it about USC and UCLA? Yeah, they're, the they're leaving the Pac-12 to go yeah. to the Big Ten. And that spells doom for the Pac-12. I think the, I think the Pac-12 is done. I, th- really? I, I really think the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 might be done. But the bad part is, is that, you know, I both me and Roman are going to discuss it is where does Washington and Oregon go at this point? Because you, you, you're going to have to go to another conference because it, you're not going to rename the PAC 12, the PAC 10 again. I mean, there's just, 
unless Gonzaga and Montana State join the the pack to the pack ten again, and you know you're 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 left with ten teams. Right. So, but I mean, is, is it a matter of so? Is it a matter? I don't, I don't understand the full ramifications of it just yet. I like this still new to me. Um, so is it a numbers thing? Is that what the issue is? I'm not 100% sure what it is, but I think it might also have to do with revenue and uh, maybe concessions as well. But it's hmm. just, you know, let's I'm going to be 100%. The Pac-12 has gotten a black eye in the last couple of years because of Larry Scott, of course. But also because, you know, people are saying, oh, the Pac-12 can't compete with other teams. And I'm just like, bullshit. I'll, I'll say this. Look, UW, they can compete. They competed a couple of years ago at the Rose Bowl. They came about this close from pulling off a great uh, comeback victory against Ohio State. Okay. They go. I mean, look, um, the the last game that they did play against a ranked opponent was Michigan. And yes, we, we did get spanked in that one. But I still think that UW can hold their own against any goddamn team in the country because, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm going to go, I'm going to go far back. I'm going to go six years back to the, uh, to the, what was it? I think it was the, the, the peach bowl or something like that. Uh, UW playing uh, Alabama. UW held Alabama to its lowest yardage and point scoring all season long. So that was really interesting. That's but I plus. feel like, yeah, I feel like you, I, I mean, it might be a little bit of a flex. Might be a little bit of a flex. Um, oh, Roman, he's a... <laughs> he's a you you got to call me in for this one. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not the college guy, so I got, I got no comment. I'm not the college bring, guy. Bring in, bring in the right-hander. I'm here. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, KD, real quickly, uh, or KD. <laughs> I'm getting names mixed up. My God, how dumb am I today? <laughs> I'll put it in the title. I knew it was going to work. <laughs> Katie to the crack and I love it. I just saw the name, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, Katie Hart, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this, uh, for this edition of Kraken and uh, hockey talk basically, but uh, we're going to be back next Friday. Of course, you're going to be, well, we are going to be back next Friday, of course, yeah. uh, talking more hockey, talking more, uh, po- hopefully talking some free agency, but um, yeah, uh, hopefully don't forget about this folks. Uh, if you haven't already, if you have not already, be sure as you can see the banner right below there, be sure to subscribe to BS Commentaries on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google because both me and K-Hart did a podcast last night. We are officially getting back to movies. We did Sonic the Hedgehog and we're doing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 next week. You better follow. I'm going to find out. <laughs> Rated five stars. I'm going to find out. I'm going to tell you. All right, y'all be good. Well, real quickly, uh, before you get out of here, let's go ahead and bring in our really cool guest, uh, Landon Hatchett, University of Washington Committee. What's going on, Landon? What's going on, guys? How are you? Oh, What's we're up, doing man? great, man. Hey, congratulations. Welcome to Mott Lake. And uh, you're you're continuing a family tradition, if, uh, if I might add. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, Katie, uh, or, damn it, I did it again. <laughs> that was actually on uh, by accident. Okay. But uh, Landon, you heard you heard uh, K Hart here, man. You need to you need you better go subscribe to to yeah. BS commentaries on YouTube. Otherwise, no, he doesn't. He's bigger than me, so you know, do whatever you want. Do what you want. You you find. Everybody see, else, see, hey, hey, see what he does. See what he does. He chickens out like when when someone's bigger talking to him now. Yeah, you got it. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will uh, talk to you. Talk to you next week, K Hart. Have a good one, guys.
And there we go. That's Kay Hart, and that is it for our hockey talk. But now, as we know, we move on to our UW segment. As we got, we got Roman here, and of course, we got UW committee Landon Hatchet. I've, I've got to break something right now. Uh oh, uh, Landon. I, I'm sure you're you're aware of everything that's going on in the uh, in the world right now of, yeah. of of the Big Ten. It sounds like there is an application on the table for UW to the Big Ten. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing the same thing. Obviously, uh, I don't. I'm not at the university. I don't have the inside scoop on anything. Um, but I think um, I think my take on it is I think if USC and uh, UCLA do head out. I think UW and Oregon will be the next two to follow. I agree. Yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent. But uh, so this is the question. I and and real quick, real quick, land. And I want to ask Roman of this real quickly. So, what does this spell for the Pac twelve? By the way, because I mean, I've been hearing a lot from uh, not just. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think the the the, the conference of champions is done. Uh, uh, shout out to Larry Scott for killing the conference. Um, <laughs> but no, like the, so the, the conference can take two routes here and one of them is melting and sifting into the void. I feel bad. From Larry Scott's TV deals and literally so many other things that you can point to on that end. Uh, but the one route is just kind of dissolving and a couple of schools going independent, maybe going towards the big 12, like Utah and Colorado, just in, like with the, um, just with kind of the regional fit there. But some of the schools out West, like Oregon state, Wazoo, Arizona, and maybe Arizona state. I feel like they're kind of like the borderline right now. Utah and Stanford would probably be my, my next two after Washington and Oregon to kind of make a move towards a super conference. Mm-hmm. Maybe Arizona state's in there. Arizona, maybe from the way they've been recruiting this year. Um, but there's, that's either that or Boise state, Fresno state. They're going to have to sign them up for the, uh, for the old pac 12 to, um, to kind of try to remain relevant in some way, shape or form. Definitely. All right, Landon. Well, uh, here's, here's the first question I wanted to ask you, man. To, uh, you, you officially visited uh, Washington this past weekend. Could not have picked a more perfect time to visit it, to visit the great state of to visit, uh, the great, uh, campus of Washington. I mean, this is my question. I know that you are a Washington native. You you've grown up here, man. Uh, so you know exactly how beautiful this state is. So what was it that, that one visit to UW that basically cinched your commitment to the university of Washington? What was it about that visit? Yeah. I mean, as you know, I, I have a brother on the team, so I've been around that campus and that team for, yeah, it feels like a lifetime now, but, um, you know, I've been around, especially Coach Huff, the line coach, for seven years now. Um, so I, I really wouldn't say it was that one visit. Uh, it was kind of a combination of everything. But the one thing really on that visit um, for me was kind of my one-on-one time with Coach Huff. Um, coach Huff kind of drew out his plan for me when I come in. Um, where he sees me fitting into the depth chart, my route to the field, um, and all that stuff. So I think um, it was really kind of that meeting with Huff uh, that I haven't really had before um, that kind of sealed the deal for me. So I got I got two questions for you, Landon, kind of playing off of that. One, I kind of want to know what the purple carpet treatment was like. I, I, I would love for you to take <laughs> us through that. And then second, what um, 
you, I know you talked about it a little bit in one of your interviews you've done already, but I'd, I'd just love to get just, you know, a firsthand account directly from you. Um, what would it like to be like to not only play alongside your brother again on the field at UW, but what would it feel like to just kind of bring national relevance back to the university of Washington? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, for the, my brother aspect, obviously that would be a, a dream come true for, for me and my family, you know, just past me as a person, um, the people around here, obviously I'm from, I'm from Ferndale, which has a rich Husky, um, you know, kind of legacy uh, with, with the two of, two of us and, and Jake Walker, obviously the, is the biggest one. Um, so I think even just for my community, it's an awesome thing. Um, and, you know, um, I, I, I had the chance to play next to my brother my freshman year of high school. Um, it was, uh, I, was able, I was lucky enough to play on varsity his senior year. Um, I was playing center. He was playing guard on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, I was playing defensive tackle. He's playing uh, DN. So we were right next to each other all the time. And uh, it felt like a super cool connection that I'd love to have in college. Um, and, you know, like program-wise, like you said, bringing it back to the national level, um, you know, obviously I don't know where college football is going in the next few years with all this conference changes and, and whatnot. I wouldn't doubt if there'd be two, like a super conference or something and, uh, and a lower conference. But as, as it is right now, um, you know, we saw UW go to the semifinals not that long ago. I mean, it may seem, seem like a while ago, but um, it really was in 2016. And, um, you know, I, that team was built up with guys from Washington and California. Um, you know, kind of trusted the process and stayed home and have that coaching staff kind of lead them. Um, and, you know, I think, I think coach DeBoer can, can build that same type of thing. I, I want to be a part of that. So yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing, man. First of all, I need to also comment on this, man, dude, look at that flow you got going there, man. You got it. You got it. You got it. One hell of a flow. Like, uh, look at me, man. Like I'm a ginger. I don't grow my hair out like you, man, but like, just how long did it take you to grow that out? <laughs> Oh man! Well, I started eighth grade, like spring of my eighth grade year. Uh, <laughs> me and my me and my baseball team we were sitting down at a restaurant, and um, we kind of made a deal that we won't cut our hair for the end of the season. A few of us stuck with it for uh, a little longer, as you could tell. Um, and uh, so I haven't cut it since then. Like really cut it. I've got it trimmed a couple times because if it didn't, it'd be like I don't know where it'd be. But um, <laughs> it's uh, it hasn't been truly cut in. And it hit a while, so I respect that. that definitely, Who's man. calling you first, Suave or uh, Head and Shoulders? <laughs> when you get that, uh, <laughs> that's yet to be uh, yet to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we can get something in, in the works for you with the NIL on the hair. Oh, I was no, gonna. No, I was just about no, to no, bring no, up the NIL no. because um, earlier today there was a video that was posted about Texas A&M. Uh, cannot remember exactly who he who he was, but I, I think it was a coach said and he was talking about that's where the money is right up there with the suits so uh, Landon, I, i'd love to get your thoughts on the nil like is is the nil really changing college sports for the better or for the worst in your opinion no doubt um well definitely changing it um i, I kind of i want to say recruiting wise for the worst um i think that will change though once it gets more regulated um, but I, once you're on campus as a player, I think it's definitely super helpful. Um, you know, uh, like I'll just that uh, recruiting wise. I mean, schools can't technically say, Hey, you're getting this or that. 
uh, when you get here, but they're allowed to tell you like um, what their players are already getting. Um, I mean, you, you see it every day. Um, you know, kids won't say it, but I'm like, you know, kids are chasing money. And I mean, that's, I mean, if, if let's say a school, a players at school are getting a hundred grand a year each. Right. I mean, it, it's almost hard as a kid to, to say no to that because that's, that's oh, hands that's, down. Hands yeah, down, say, I agree with you on that there, one. Let's say you're there for four years. That's $400,000 in your pocket before you graduate college. Like, that's a good start to life. So recruiting-wise, I think it definitely changes a lot. Um, but, again, I really couldn't tell you whether it's better for the worse. So. There you go. I mean, I, I mean that's a that's a good idea. That, I mean, I, lo- I love the fact that you did give your take on that because me and Roman were going to be talking about the NIL here right after your interview. Mm-hmm. But, I mean – uh, so here's a here's an interesting question. So going to the University of Washington, uh, what are you going to be majoring in? Yeah, I want to I want to get a, uh, get in the Foster School of Business and hopefully look at some type of uh, business administration, um, and then and then past that, um, kind of been looking at like um, athletic directing or uh, getting into um, sports business or something like that. So um, that general area. It's a fun route to take. Yeah, no doubt. We, First steps getting into the foster school of business. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah, so, definitely. Big steps. So. <laughs> so I got I got I got one question about uh, or a couple questions about the official visit. So first, did you get a chance to take a trip in the seaplane? I was driving across five twenty on Saturday afternoon, and I saw one going <laughs> right over the stadium, and I'm like, I know there are some recruits in there. Uh there might have been recruits in there. I didn't go. Um, it might have just been because. Um, of how big the weekend was, lots of kids. It'd be tough to get that many kids up in a seaplane. That's what um, Anthony but, James told me the same thing. <laughs> yes, but I I do know I do know recruits have been up there before, um, and uh, but uh, no, all I, I we took the boat ride. I'm sure as you know to the dinner that one night, and then um, and I went swimming in the cut with Coach Sheridan for a little. That bit. looked like fun. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Was was that water just absolutely freezing? It no. It, I, it was cold. It, it was cold, <laughs> but it wasn't as cold as people might think it was. Um, because that was the day. That it was that was the day. It was touching like 85, and you know, for mm-hmm. folks, that's a little hot. I was gonna say, um, I'm from California. You guys are soft when it comes to the heat. Absolutely. You know what? I like. I like how he says for us Washington folks. <laughs> I, I wanted to make a comment on that. Yeah, yeah. No. You're from California. You don't get to make a comment. This is, this is true. <laughs> no, I mean it was good. It wasn't bad. Uh, definitely, definitely a fun time. There you go, man. Uh, so, what is it that you're most looking forward to uh, playing here at the University of Washington? I mean, what is it? Because I know you're you're looking forward to finally getting that first snap on, under your belt. But I mean, what is it that you are most most looking forward to playing football here at the University of Washington? Yeah, I think uh, just kind of continuing building that brotherhood with uh, the guys around me and, well, with my brother. Um, um, and, you know, just kind of seeing where I could get as a player. Um, I think you take huge strides in college, um, you know, past past high school. Um, and I think it, it'll be cool just to see where I can end up. Obviously, again, I'm in a unique situation. So playing next to my brother is something I'm super excited for, um, you know, when the op- if the opportunity uh, presents itself. Um, and you know, again, like I said earlier, um, a big thing about football is the brotherhood you form and working your butt off with the guys around you and everything. So, um, I'm excited to get with the guys and just get working with them. So 
Do you have like a dream location that you love to play in, like on the road? Like obviously growing up in Washington, I'm sure playing in Husky Stadium was a big dream of yours. But is there any like one specific spot on the road that you just want to go into and just dominate and silence that crowd? <laughs> well, being a Husky now, I kind of have the, the want to say uh, Austin Stadium down there in Eugene. Um, I think I've, I've heard that's a real tough environment to play in, definitely as a Husky. And I think uh, – I think, you know, those big, loud environments are, uh, you know, a cool, cool thing to be a part of. Um, as I'm sure, I, I don't know if you guys know, but Michigan was kind of right up there in my career. Oh, yeah. And I went to plenty of, I went to plenty of Michigan games and the big house is a sweet place. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's happening in my time at UW, but I, I would have loved to go play in the big house. Um, I know I you guys are going to the horseshoe. I was going to say, I think it would be my freshman year we go to the Horseshoe, which will be yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. I went to the Horseshoe during my brother's recruitment for the Ohio State uh, Michigan game, actually. So I was in, like, eighth grade with my brother checking out Ohio State. So that was a sweet place to see. But uh, definitely a hard place to play in. Oh, absolutely. Definitely, man. Definitely. Uh, last couple of questions before we get you out of here. First of all, Landon, uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. Uh, is this your? Fr- is this uh, the first podcast that you've been on, or you've been doing a couple interviews uh, since uh, your recruitment or since your commitment? Couple, uh, I did a couple with uh, some guys down in Miami uh, when Miami uh, first offered me. Um, they kind of like a check in a few weeks later, uh, but that was that was really it. There you go. All right. So, uh, first of all, I also want to point this out. Tell me how brave you are without telling, without, uh, uh, without telling me how brave you are. And I've got the perfect one right here. Try wearing these. <laughs> oh man. What are those? Are those like a size six? No, they're, they're, they're pure. They're the pure white Nike, uh, right now, f- uh, fly nets. <laughs> Trust me. I, I've, I got a pair for work and, uh, I told myself I need to get a pair just for social. So, um yeah there's that but i mean so uh getting to play now here at university of washington of course you're going to be going down to oregon playing the ducks you're going to be also going to be going to uh over to martin stadium in uh in uh friggin pullman uh the the worst the fart hole of washington in my opinion <laughs> but i mean is there <laughs> what is it what what is it about the uh, university of washington that you're most hopeful uh to do what are you what are you most hopeful to get out of uh playing for the university of washington for the next uh three four years yeah like like i was saying earlier it's just just development um obviously like i said playing next to you guys is going to be great and um but you know you go in i think every player goes in hoping to get make it to the league um and you know i really i want to go in and um get developed you know start playing play well next next to my brother and next to the guys and hopefully um, started a career in the league. Obviously, if not, UW sets me up great for after football. Um, but I think the ultimate goal is going to the NFL and, and uh, getting developed at UW. So that's awesome. Hopefully, hopefully, when you get drafted in the NFL, you stay home and play and play over at Lumen Field. <laughs> and that'd be sweet too. Hey, oh, yeah, you can you can hook both me and Roman up with free tickets. <laughs> Nicole, I got you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'll wear your jersey. <laughs> see roman's already ass kissing already <laughs> just to get into a better spot but um you know uh i've actually never i will actually admit this i've only been to husky stadium once in my life and it was actually to watch a seahawks versus the colts game so that is uh i want to try to get down to uh u uh hopefully this year to watch a couple games 
So uh, I I would love to ask you know for uh, to hook me up with a couple of tickets, but again I don't want to I don't want to sound like I just brought you on here to ask tickets <laughs> or ask for tickets, but uh, but no, I would definitely I'm definitely going to get down there to Motley and go watch a couple of the games. Uh, definitely in the September when it's not too cold out there. Oh yeah. But um, uh, last thing before we get you out of here, man, uh, with with UCLA and you and uh, USC going to the Big Ten and with the you know, the Huskies and uh, with Oregon and Washington up attempting to also go to the big 10, you know, that opens the doors for not just guys like you, but every other player that is playing for the university of Washington to actually shine on a bigger, on a bigger stage. Because I mean, uh, like we were saying, lads, uh, like I said, the, the PAC 12 has been getting a black eye here the last couple of years. So to be able to play in another conference, to play against teams that are a lot better than some of these other uh, in conference PAC 12 teams are, I mean, is that that's got to be a, a big positive for you and the University of Washington? Yeah, I think. I mean, like you said, with kind of Pac-12 getting a bad rap recently, and especially UW with the year last year, um, I think being able to go and compete on the on a bigger scale and kind of show what what we could do at that scale, competing against those other teams, I think will kind of open the eyes of people. Um, Obviously, we don't know where this whole conference thing is going, so we'll see if that happens or not. Um, but, yeah, no, I think if we do end up on a national scale and uh, we perform like we can and should, um, I think it'll be a great thing for the for the Pac-12 in general, Pac-12 schools in general, and, and especially the dogs. So Definitely, man, definitely. Well, uh, congratulations again for committing to the University of Washington. Welcome to Montlake. Uh, can't wait to see you, uh, play out there. Definitely opening up some holes for our running backs to, you know, go sound the siren right there. Um, and, uh, I wish you all the best of luck in your Husky career, man. Like I said, I'm going to try to do my best to get down to Montlake here for a couple games. Uh, definitely watch you play and, uh, hopefully, uh, maybe you can get me on the field once or twice, but probably sneak me <laughs> on the field. <laughs> yes, sir. Now see, now see. Now, see, first Roman was kissing your ass. Now I'm kissing your ass. <laughs> I mean, I'll actually be oh, able good. to see him on the field. Humble brag. So well, I will say this, Landon. Uh, again, love the fact that you are a part of this uh, Husky team. You were one of many uh, really huge commitment announcement announcements this past weekend. And again, I wish you nothing but the best of luck at the University of Washington, man. I uh, Like I said, I'm going to get down there to Montlake here in September, watch a couple of your games. And uh, as always, go dogs, brother. Go dogs. Thank you, guys. No problem, man. Have a great day. Bye. Landon Hatchett, uh, U- University of Washington commitment. And I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, I feel really honored that we actually had him on there because uh, I, I, I was trying to get Anthony Thomas to, or Anthony Day or yeah. James. There, a- there, Anthony there James. We, we, got, we got there. We got there. <laughs> Dude, I'm so he's, bad he's with names tired. today. See, I, I, it's it's good that you had Landon on because Anthony James probably tired of me at this point. We've been chatting back and forth like all week. <laughs> so he'd probably get on here and be like, oh my God, this guy again? Like, Jesus, leave me alone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but as you can see, I, w- I was really bad with names today. But yeah, I need to show you this again. So let me go ahead and show you this again. So like I said, the all white Nike Flyknit uh, 2018. Uh, really, it, I'm not going to lie. So... I'm mostly a Nike and Adidas guy, but I've never worn a shoe that that's that's been that comfortable. That's a, that's you a comfy shoe. A pair of Ultra Boost, man, those are really comfy. Oh, dude, I've got I've got Ultra Boost, man. I love Ultra's those. Great, I got. They are. See, I've got like thirty plus pairs of sneakers in my closet. It's <laughs> it's it's bad. 
I've got three pairs of off whites. I've got a couple pairs of ones. Uh, let's see. I got a pair of Travis fours at the bread 11s. It, my, 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 my closet is a, is a, is a fun place to be. Uh, one shoe that I want to get, I want to bring this up because I have it saved here on goat. Uh, do, do you buy from the goat app? No, I, I, okay, so... I got, I got, I got local hookups that I go to. <laughs> Jeez. Put a good, put my name down for a good spot. <laughs> I'll send you some uh, of the good ones. Yeah, I definitely need. I definitely need a hookup for for some sneakers. But uh, oh my god, what the? I, I can't even find the shoe. But uh, they're like over a thousand dollars, or like almost seven hundred dollars. And I think they're, I, what is it, Travis something? I don't know. I have a pair of Travises. Are they the the nice blue fours? Uh, no, I I don't think it's that one. I don't think it's that one. Okay, okay, no problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for these. I need to look for these because uh. Yeah, I need to find those because what what in the hell are those those damn things called? Um, no, nope, not the not the trap. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to honestly find it, and for some reason, like the name is just like, uh, okay, he's got the sneakers now. <laughs> uh, I, I had to go grab the two best pairs out of my closet just to show off a little bit for you. Okay, all right. Are, are all right. you are you looking for a pair of these by any chance? No, <laughs> these, these nice Travis fours. Oh, these are beautiful. And then my my personal favorite because I won them on sneakers for retail. Oh, okay. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. I mean that. Okay, so I've got actually a couple pair right here that I'm uh, very fond of. Uh, I'll nice go ahead and show. I will go ahead and show you. So these this right here is the favorite pair of Jordans that I own. So I'm a big. So with Jordans, I'm a big one eleven and five guy i don't all, all own great. any i don't own any 11s i don't own any fives a very uh, i need to try to get the grapes because those are the all-time greats but uh this pair of ones that i have um i call them the jokers oh, but they're originally called they're they're called the hulks those are nice i really like those oh shit and i just dropped it <laughs> <laughs> and then of course uh this one is uh, the nike flight one and it, it just kind of threw me back to the to the 90s right there oh yep Th those are those are just those some are of fun. my favorite. Those are, yeah, those, those are those some are of my classics. favorite pairs. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to jump back to just basically everything that's going on in the world of UW, because not only yeah. are there like more commits on the way that I can basically guarantee, but this this Big Ten deal might be done by the end of the night. Like there's a really wow. good chance that it's done by the end of the night because uh, it's something that came out earlier from I, I want to credit the right person here. So give me a sec while I find it. But, um, oh God, where is, there it is from Matt Norlander, uh, who is with CBS Sports, is saying that there is a, um, there's a lot of financial reasons. So there, there are not as many, nearly as many financial penalties um, on leaving for, the, for another conference if it's done tonight. I don't know why. Okay. I'm not going to read into why. Does, I, because quite frankly, I don't care. But, um, yeah, there, there's a really good chance that this deal is done by the end of the night. Okay, so so my take on this is, you know, uh, I think that the Pac-12 is finished. I really do believe yes. that the Pac-12 is finished. It's a damn shame because, you know, the, the Pac-12 has always been the conference of champions. And but what Larry Scott has done has destroyed everything. And this right here is his fault. This, this, oh, this that's 100% his fault. 
this whole fucking thing is Larry Scott's fault. I, you know what? Look, and I'm and like I just and like I just told uh, Ask Landon, you know, I, this could be a good thing though for UW if they go to a different conference because it'll give them a bigger stage to perform. They get to perform. They get to go out and play different teams who have a little bit better. Uh, I want to say talent wise on their rosters, and it could possibly you know not get UW in a in a better look than what they have been uh, over the last couple of years. College football is going in one direction, and that's towards two super conferences. One mm. is going to be the SEC, and the other is going to be the Big Ten. Everything else yeah. is going to be a moot point. So it's going to come to a point where the it's going to be like the Big 24, and the SEC is also going to have like 24 schools. And if you're not... I hope part, you heard that. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I don't know if that caught on the podcast. Someone's blowing up a fucking firework right now. Okay, real quickly, I want to say this. Who the fuck... Why would people blow up those big-ass fireworks in the middle of the day when you can't see them? Yeah, Wait, that's... that's uh, <laughs> see, those are the people that I would probably call the local police department about because they might be arsonists. Um, <laughs> because they just were like pyrotechnics. They just want to see something explode. Um, or if you so, live in my town, they're just stupid rednecks. <laughs> see, I just have a dog standing here who's just like doing his best to make sure he gets all the attention in the world. <laughs> yes, I love you. He's he's quite he's quite something. But no, seriously, like it's all going towards two super conferences. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to be. And it sucks. I was just talking to my dad about this. The tradition of the Rose Bowl is going to be just next to nothing if they don't find a way to figure a lot of things out. A lot of things in the world of college football are changing immediately. And it's going to be a great thing and it's going to be a horrible thing because a lot of tradition is going to be lost by doing this. And that's a real bummer. But It really is. The the one thing that needs to truly get figured out as soon as possible is A, how how is this going to work? Because that needs to be figured out first. Like the logistics Mm -hmm. are very important. And Mark Emmert needs to be door ass out ASAP. So mm-hmm. not only can this be figured out, but NIL gets figured out because he doesn't care. He does not care at all. No, I, I agree with you on that hundred percent. So the faster that he gets out the door and somebody else gets in there, this needs to be figured out by the end of the summer. They've got like three months. Like it's like, thank God that this uh, USC UCLA thing isn't going through through like 2024. So it feels like there's time, but it's really not that much time. Like they because re- once Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, which I, I can't remember if that's 2024, or 2025, same time period. Mm-hmm. Like it's all just going to be accelerated. So there needs to be a plan in place now. You know, I think it's kind of messed up of how college sports has become over the last couple of years because you know there there really used to be a lot of tradition behind college sports. And like you said, with this uh with uh yeah it's all money i mean money talks and unfortunately money is now losing traditions as well and because you know i remember when i was a kid you know growing up and watching uh, whenever uh uw was in the rose bowl you know that was that was a big big moment every every goddamn year for me you know july 1st is just to watch the rose bowl every friggin' year because january 1st or Uh, january 1st excuse me i january 1st 2019 is a day that i will never forget I got the the very lucky opportunity to attend the Rose Bowl with my ex-girlfriend, who we, who we won't talk about, but with my father. 
I got <laughs> when I was three years old. My my dad promised me. Uh, I I don't remember this because I was three years old. But UW played Purdue in the mm. 2001 Rose Bowl. And I remember dad, that game. I remember that game well. Marcus or yeah, Tui Asasopo, yeah, Sopo, man. Yeah, beat Drew Brees. Um, so who so who really is the better quarterback? <laughs> It's, it's Tui, and we all know that. Um, <laughs> but my dad promised me when we were when I was three years old that the next time UW was in the Rose Bowl, we would go. Mm-hmm. And it took a very long time for him to deliver on that promise, to no fault of his own, <laughs> to no fault of his own, but it did. And that was a day I will never forget. I got to hang out with a buddy of mine who works at Bleach Report. He got me on like Bleach Report social media, like rooting for the dogs and everything. I uh, like we got to like go to the Husky warm up. I got to meet Mario Bailey. I met Tui Sopo that day. I met uh, Mark Brunel that day, and it was a truly awesome experience. I'd walked, I'd gone to the Rose Bowl multiple times before that, just to watch UW play UCLA. The energy of going to the Rose Bowl is the only. <laughs> It's, it's crazy that I get to say this. It was the second greatest experience of my sporting lifetime. And it's a very close second because I went to a, to a Red Sox World Series game two months before that and got to watch the game on the Green Monster. So it's, it's really hard to pick between those yeah, two. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. So real quickly before you get out of here, I need to ask you this. Are you a Star Wars fan? I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a Star I have written magazines about Star Wars, sir. Okay, real quickly. I got to pull. I got to get something that, that I think you might like. Let's hear it. I'll, I'll, I'll ramble here and just kind of talk about how I'm a Star Wars nerd. And if uh, I also have a, a magazine, I'll plug this for Centennial Media coming out on Black Panther in a couple months. Ugh. So, oh, we're, we're pulling out the Star Wars lightsabers. I have my custom one. I got okay, a custom hold on lightsaber. A second. I gotta, let, me, let me go ahead and turn this light off for a second. That way we can actually get the full picture of it. I got it. I'm very excited to see this. Oop. <laughs> Did it turn off on me? Did it? I, I hear. I think, I think it might. I think it. Please charge. It is dead. Damn it. Okay, so the battery's dead. Jesus. Uh, the, the, the battery. Trying... I, I've got one too. The battery on mine is dead. I made one at um at the the Galaxy's Edge in Florida, and that was one of the most amazing things I've ever done. Um, I got mine from Ultra Sabers, which are really great. Oh, those they're great. I love them. Those are some of the coolest lightsabers I will ever buy. And uh, real quickly, I want to go ahead and welcome in Mark Williams, uh, who is now our uh, Sounders cor- uh, correspondent for uh, until the uh, Gabe gets back. Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I w- I've always wanted to go to Galaxy's Edge, by the way, for, uh, because how like exactly how does it work making your own lightsaber? Uh, so the, there's a really cool thing. So you first like once you just reserve a spot. Uh, you get to choose from a one of four like types of lightsaber builds that are just kind of like the core of what the saber is supposed to be about, like character wise. Like one of them is like power and balance, and there are four different ones. I can't remember what all of them are right now, but then there are uh, a certain amount of pieces, and from those pieces, there's like the hilt, there's like just like the holders, and there's all these different pieces that you get to choose from like three or four different ones, and then you get to choose like the color of the kyber crystal that you put in there and it's incredibly hard to describe there. Are, my, my dog brings me his, his fish. <laughs> um, 
there there are like four different like pieces and like there are four different colors you can choose from and then i'll send you the the video actually of me like getting to like pull it out and raise it up because my face is just dumbstruck dude that okay so real quickly what color did you choose by the way purple you gotta choose oh, purple. And oh, Jesus, I wanted to be ma- like Mace. Okay, so Mark, uh, what color are you choosing for your lightsaber blade? Well, I mean, it's obviously green or blue. I'm Sounders. Come on. <laughs> um, I'm going green all the way. I always go green. Um, the only reason I go green is because everybody uses blue. I don't. I don't want to be those the, the, that that in the crowd person. I want to be or, uh, unordinary. That's why you choose purple. <laughs> To to be fair, to be fair, when I was back in the day when I was playing Kotar all the time, I was always Sith. So red. <laughs> fair enough. It's... Well, uh, Roman. Uh, until next week, man. Uh, this is uh, the, been the Husky segment for this podcast. Uh, so I will talk to you uh, next Friday, brother. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, and there's another damn firework that just went off. Stupid rednecks. <laughs> So, Mark, welcome to the show, man. Uh, pleasure Thanks. to have you. Uh, yeah. For any for a funny story about how uh, Mark is uh, be, became on the show, I actually posted a uh, a uh, hold on a second. Uh, so we have another guy coming in here. It is going to be Connor. He also joined. So uh, as you know, he he's asking if he needed to set up a profile or anything. And I'm like, no, you just you just follow the link. Chill but um, but yeah. So I posted on the Sounders. Uh, the Sounders Facebook group page and I just needed and I said, you know, hey, I need a I need a Sounders co-host and uh people were not a lot of people jumped for jump for joy. Man, why the hell do they keep blasting fireworks? I don't know understand why they keep blasting those damn fireworks. Um but uh it's uh it's really interesting because uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I'm not going to lie, some of the some of the Sounders community is uh, interesting because uh, very interesting characters are in the Sounders community. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yes, um, uh, one one group in mind is, of course, uh, East uh, Emerald City supporters. I, I don't get along with them very well, mm. <laughs> but uh, uh, Connor's here. He's only going to be on the audio. But uh, Connor, what's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, excited to be here and just uh, just kind of soaking in our performance from that last game. Uh, definitely, man. I mean, that, that, that was a. Uh, very, so uh, we're going to be going over the last couple games for the Sounders, of course, and and as of course we all know, uh, this uh, the the one game that I wanted to talk about actually it was this uh, three to nothing win over Sporting KC, which was a uh, amazing win, uh, but unfortunately we lost Raul Diaz, I think, in that one uh, due to a hamstring. But uh, you know, it, it that was a that was a great game to watch because uh, you know everything was cooking on every side of. Sounders soccer, you know, the defense was the, the defense was uh, amazing. Uh, Stefan Fry, uh, what the hell can we keep saying about Stefan Fry is that man's a fucking God. He's not human. <laughs> he's he's unreal. Um, I uh, had a kid that going up through youth soccer played goalkeeper at a pretty high level. And oh, my goodness, Fry is just he's unbelievable. I mean, it, there was even some talk uh, after the CCL win of uh, him taking the third slot for the U.S. Men's National Team, which he's eligible. And the fact that now. he's not. It, it's it's crazy that he's never even gotten a shot because he's been really, you know, one of the top two or three keepers in MLS and a couple of the others that are top. You got like Andre Blake in, in uh, Philadelphia. He's Jamaican, so he's not, not going to play for the U.S. Men's National Team. He's already capped. <laughs> so in, in the end, like he's he's one of the best in the game in the MLS right now. And uh, 
you know, I, I get it. Um, you know, uh, Berhalter's gone more with youth in almost all segments of the game, but you, you'd think you'd at least give the guy a nod and give him a chance to cap for the national team, just because kind of a nod how well he's done and how well he's done in the domestic league here. It's, it's, he's amazing. Yeah, he really is. I mean, uh, you know, again, that was another thing that I brought up to you guys is that we will talk international soccer, you know, both uh, U.S. and uh, uh, both men's and women's international soccer uh, for the United States. And uh, me and Gabe, we were having a really good conversation about uh, the the men's international soccer team because, uh, you know, with the World Cup coming up here in November, you know, in my opinion, uh, with with the fact that I think Miles Robinson is going to be I, I think he's hurt. I think he's, yes. I think he tore, yeah, he tore yeah. his ACL. Tore his so that ACL. was a big loss. That was a big loss for the, for the U S men's national team. But I feel like that the, that the U S men's national team are going to really surprise us all in this world cup, because look, I like where Burr Halter is going. I like that. He's, that he's getting youthful. He's getting younger because I mean, when you look at, when you look at uh, past champions for the world cup, most of them are young, young teams, you know, Germany back in, uh, what was it? I think it was 2004 that they won the world cup. They were young. They were very young, you know, a couple of years ago when they won it all. I mean, I don't think they were, I think they were a little older, but I mean, they were still a pretty decent young core. So I like where Bor Halter is going with this one. Well, one of the things that I think is, um, really important when we look at the development of the American game, we really got hurt by missing the last world cup. Um, uh, yeah, it, we did. It, it really helped hurt our development really bad. But at the same time, we have this whole young generation um, guys like obviously Kaplisic, uh Gio Reyna, who I am, I, I, I'm hoping that he can actually be healthy for the world cup because that dude's a creative force. Um, you've got all these young players and we're fielding the youngest roster in the world cup. We did all through qualifying. Can we imagine what that looks like in four years with all of these guys in the middle of their prime? Which is really the goal. Like, we need to go and we need to make a good showing. You know, like, we need to get out of the group stage, maybe even win a, you know, a, a round of 16 matchup. But in the end, like, this is really about getting all of these guys ready so when they, when it's here on our soil, we can show and actually, like, do something. Have a chance to to win-win. Um, we're not quite there, but we're pretty stinking close. This this generation's got a chance to to develop and really begin to light the fire and and see see the game grow here, and uh, see you know players like that going out all over the world and playing now in some big leagues. You look at like Brendan Harrison at Leeds now, maybe Tyler Adams joining him, obviously Polisic at Chelsea and all these others. We're we're starting to see these uh, our players that are playing on our national team playing at some of the top clubs in Europe, and it, it just means we have a chance. Um, to actually do something in a few years. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Uh, Connor, your take on all this, man. Um, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier, Stefan Fry, you know, getting his chance at the national team. And I think that would be a great idea because as awesome as guys like Sean Johnson and Matt Turner are, Stefan Fry is just different. It's not just his goalkeeping ability. It's his presence on the field. He really motivates the Sounders when they're out there. So if you could take that that veteran experience and put it again up with a young team and give them that back that that strong reinforcement in the back, I think it would encourage the back line to play a lot better. And when the defense is sound, defense wins championships. So that carries forward and that encourages the team. And then you mentioned, you know, Reyna being such a creative force opening up the field. I mean, yeah, there's and there's limitless potential in the next decade for U.S. men's national team, which I think is a genuine first because as good as France looks, as good as 
Germany thinks they look. Um, <laughs> I think it's I fair. think I think we're gonna make one of our best World Cup pushes, if not win it within the next decade. I think now, we're, we're in position to do that. You know what? You're you're absolutely you just hit the nail on the head, Connor. Because both me and Gabe, we were we talked about this. I want to say about a month ago, and I was saying that you know out of all the times that I've been watching the United States soccer play, you know, I was so disappointed in the fact that we missed the last world cup because that was an absolute disgrace, you know, and here's the thing. Look, if we, if we lose in the world, if we lose in uh, group play, fine, we lose in group play, but at least we get to the world cup. At least we could have said that, but I don't think I've ever seen a team that has been so developed well and so young and so youthful, like the, like this U S men's national team is to where, you're absolutely right. Possibly here within a decade, we could see the United States win a world cup and it is possible because, you know, people all over the world are saying, Oh, the, the United States are jokes. They don't know how to play soccer They're You know, they're not a great country. And I'm just saying bull fucking shit. <laughs> we, if, if anybody thinks that the United States can't play soccer, then they're obviously not looking at some of these young stars who are in international leagues. And shining Christian Pulisic for one, you know, Captain America, he's been uh, Clint Dempsey uh, played international soccer and was unbelievable, you know, and you have uh, Jordan Morris who tried to go international and uh, unfortunately did not uh, go the way that he planned. But I mean, DeAndre Ellen is another great example how he was uh, succeeding overseas. But there are so many of these guys. Most of these guys that are on this roster, um, they play international soccer and they do it well. And that's why that they are a part of this U.S. men's soccer team, because they are the best of the best out there. And, you know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there because I put this out there to Gabe and I want your guys take on this mark year first. But I think in this upcoming World Cup, we're going to see a U.S. men's national team go to the round of eight, if not get to the semifinals. I feel like this team could do it i feel like they could get to that stepping stone to just missing it by that much i think that is a strong possibility um i let's be fair like i'm even worried about the group stage um it's the group's <laughs> the group's not a pushover right no like it's, it we, really if not. you take if you take the average rankings of every team in the group we actually have the highest average ranking of all of the groups so it's not a pushover to get out of the group stage for us. Um, you know, it, that in itself is a big deal. But at the same time, you're not wrong because you could look at this team and and they could they could easily push through. They could easily, um, you know, England hasn't looked good the last few times they've been out there. And everybody's saying, well, England will top the group. That's not a given. We've beaten England on the World Cup stage before. What's I'm to say we for- can't now with a better team? I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking forward to a, a rematch of the Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> the fun. The fun part is, is we kind of got that on a couple angles with Wales too. But you know, like um, the simple. The simple fact is, is that we have a real chance to do something. That the, the group is winnable. Um, the you know the chance to move on is very strong. Um, and you know, from there, it's just a matter of how it breaks down. Who you play in the other rounds. How well you match up against them. And it's. It's a reality. It's quite possible you could see us getting all the way to the round of eight. I, I, I would say you know like round of sixteen is probably slightly more likely, but um, you know get knocked up there. But I'll take it. If they get out of the group stage, it's a success, mm. right? And um, that's I would say with any team going into the World Cup, it's always your number one goal: get out of the world, get out of the group stage. 
you know, if, unless you're, you know, the number one seed, one of the top eight, you know, um, okay, fine. But in general, like get out of the group stage from there, win a game. You do that. You, you've, you've absolutely, you know, you, you've made all the success that, that uh, anybody walking in after that, it takes a little luck. It takes, you know, you can't have a lot of injuries, you mm-hmm. know, um, those kinds of pieces. So like, you know, get out of the group stage, get in that round of 16. You never know what'll happen from there. Eight completely possible. Semifinals. Whew, I like the idea. Uh, it's tough. I mean, cause from there you're playing, you know, one of the best eight teams in the world, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Uh, Connor, your thoughts on it. Well, I'm looking at the groups here, and yeah, with Group B, it's England, Iran, the United States, and Wales. And I'm telling you right now, Iran doesn't stack up against any of those other three teams. No. You could, you could pretty well write them off. Um, Wales, <laughs> they can be up and down, but I don't, again, again, with how young this team is, with what we have, maybe they, get, maybe they pull one over. I think England's the real challenge here, but either way, we're one or two. We're one or two, and England is playing with a chip on their shoulder after the last time out. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be more motivated than ever. So I wouldn't be surprised if England got one over on us. When you break through to that point, you have to look at the other groups. For example, Group D, France is pushing over Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. They're in. <laughs> the defending champs are basically going to steamroll Group D. See, I think that's I think that was deliberate to give the defending champs the easiest yeah. run into the into the round of sixteen. Yeah, because here's the deal: Australia is not beating Denmark. Tunisia is not beating no. Denmark. Denmark's no. In. Denmark's, Denmark's a really good team. Denmark's really getting, good team. Denmark's another team that's getting better. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised in a decade to see them either. Um, Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, Japan. Obviously, Germany and Spain. Japan's good, but they're not great. Costa Rica's there. They're, Costa Rica's the dark horse to win the whole thing. They have the longest odds. So it's... <laughs> so put $5 on them. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, and Group F. And it's like, okay, Canada showed up this year. They really, really have shown up. They've they've turned on the yeah. afterburners a little bit. And then Croatia last time out was a pleasant surprise too. So you have a lot of other teams that are really starting to come into their own that are going to be breaking into that, into that, you know, getting out of the group stage into the knockouts and be like, okay, we're all here to prove something. We've all got chips on our shoulders. Everybody's going to be buttoned up against everybody. It's going to be really hard to predict. I think we get through the knockout stage. I don't, I don't, because I mean, really, the only problem we seem to have is Ghana, and I don't see them getting out of the group stage. So, <laughs> um, well, I get they have a that's a tough yeah. group they have. South Korea is actually not that bad. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys this if you if you guys are wondering of just how you American I am, look at that. That's exactly <laughs> how American I am. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we get through the knockouts. I think we get through the knockouts almost not easily, but it's pretty much a given. And then we break yeah. through to your your round of your round of you know, oh yeah, definitely round of sixteen, uh, and then quarterfinals. By that point, you're you're possible. You're gonna know your possible winners. You're, you're at least four of the teams in the quarterfinals. You're gonna be able to look mm-hmm. at those four teams and say, those are your winners. And how we get out of the group stage and in in through knockouts and into the round of sixteen, whatever form we're in when we play in round of 16, that's going to dictate whether or not we're going to win the whole thing. Yeah. If we look, if we look rusty walking into the round of 16, we might not, we might get to the quarterfinals and just flounder. Or if we look great, 
we got momentum and that's what it's mm-hmm. all about so that's agreed my agreed by the way uh, that tattoo on my right sh- shoulder uh i'm actually going to be getting another one uh like right on my back it's going to be the statue of liberty but inside there's going to be a uh, four uh nationality flags of what i am uh figured it was a good idea but i will say this though <laughs> almost thought about getting it right there and i'm just like nope that's gonna tickle <laughs> uh, but uh yeah you know i mean can you imagine just how badly that would hurt yeah no thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um no i mean i i, I love the, i love the possibilities for the united states uh a soccer club because i mean it, this is just it's it's definitely a a uh, you know a team that you just don't really think that could actually you know win a world cup because of because of the uh, everything that we've gone through you know the uh, a lot of people don't i think a lot of people are already counting the united states out some oh, i i want to say a lot of people because i just don't think a lot of people believe that the united states can do it so when, when, I, you say, when you say counting out, what do you mean? Do you mean like they're not? I think I think stage? they're counting us. I think they're counting us out in the fact that oh, they'll probably make it out of group stage, but they'll just get knocked out in the round of sixteen. I don't think they. they I don't think people really understand of just how good this uh, U.S. men's national team can really be. You know, here's the thing. Um, I've always I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think if the U.S. women's national and the U.S. men's were to play an exhibition, the women would absolutely kick the shit out of the men. But now, <laughs> I, now I completely disagree with that. But yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I'm saying that I, I was going to say this. So a couple of years ago, a couple of years yeah. ago, I would say that the women were would absolutely like actually win an exhibition match against a against that U.S. men's national team. I want to say four years ago, four years ago. The one from the, the one that failed in the last World Cup? Yes. Maybe, but only because the guys were old and slow. Yeah. Um, but you know. <laughs> now, now I'm actually I'm actually saying that maybe the if the women were to play the men, I feel like that the men would take them now. Because they lost to a college team a few weeks, college men's team a few weeks ago. So <laughs> everyone keeps bringing that. that one up. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's it's a different game. I mean, you know, the, the the our U.S. women's national team is great. They do a tremendous job. The development there is great. It's it's literally the best in the world right now. Uh, is that mm-hmm. going to stay that way? I don't know, because you have the women's game growing much more rapidly in Europe right now than it is here in the states. I will um, say this though. Um, you know, with the U.S. women's national team, I think that the U.S. women's need to do exactly what the what the men are doing and get, you know, younger and everything. They, they I mean, they have that. They have young players on there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're starting to, say, to. They're starting real to. quickly. I mean, real quickly. Yeah. I hate this. I hate to say this on the podcast, but uh, because I look, she's a great player and all that. But um, I can't wait for the day until Megan Rapinoe's off the team. <laughs> yeah. Her legs are going. She's not. Well, she's not and, and, and here's the thing before anybody says anything <laughs> has nothing to do with how Megan, uh, Megan Rapinoe's politics has nothing to do with that. I just think, you know, it's it's definitely her time to 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 hang up the cleats it, because she she really is not the player that she was four years ago, because, I mean, you know, look, is Megan Rapinoe one of the best to put on the uh, the jersey for the United States? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She is. She is one of the best to ever put that jersey on. Half of the country will disagree with me. Half of the country agrees with me. <laughs> I'm in but, the ha- I, yeah. I mean, I'm in the half. I'm in the half that agrees because four years ago you could have called her one of the best women soccer players on the planet, if yes. not the best. She was mm-hmm. that good. 
So to to see her slowing down the way she is, and to see her getting less minutes in her in NWSL, it's the the, the writing's on the wall. The cleats mm-hmm. are they they got to go up on the hangers. Definitely. All right, where you need to wrap this up here because uh, the Mariners are going to be uh, uh, throwing the first pitch here in about ten minutes. So let's go ahead and get into the our sounder our Sounders wrap up because uh, there is there is something that we do need to talk about. So. Uh, this past loss uh, to Montreal uh, kind of knocked us out of, off of 500 because uh, we we came into the game I think seven and six. I think uh, it was we, yeah, it was about seven yeah. and six. I mean, we're okay, so so we're back points, down. Yeah, so we're back down to 500. Um, you yeah, know, seven, look the, seven. the the way the the team has started out this season, you know. I, I was I was telling in my head, don't worry about it because they're just they're they're they want to have their their team for Concacaf, which I I was fine with. And ever since coming out of CONCACAF, you know, the Sounders have really found a resurgence. They've done very well at, you know, building that, you know, getting back into a good spot in the standings. And here's the thing, you know, the season is uh, the it doesn't matter if you're in last place at this point. I'm going to give you a good example. In 2016, the Sounders were in last place. Finished fourth. How was how was that? How, where did that team go? <laughs> Where's the star? And I'm pointing the other side, other there. side, yeah, other side. I'm not used to the reversal on the camera. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's what that's that one, right? The first star. Yep, right. that's yeah, the first absolutely. one. So yeah, I mean, yeah. and I will say this: I I got to I got to watch the second star. I got to watch the second yeah. one in live in yeah. person. It was yeah. one of the greatest experiences yeah. of my life. Yeah, one, one of the greatest experiences Amazing. of my life. Yeah, I'm never gonna forget it. Um, I would say it was the second greatest sports moment I've ever witnessed, uh, in person because I was at the double in 1995. I was at the double. Mm-hmm. I was five oh, years wow. old. <laughs> okay, all right, good stuff. But uh, but no, I mean, there was some points where the where the Sounders could have definitely taken advantage in this game. But I mean, the defense was just not there. The defense was just not there for the Sounders in this game. So I think what you see what you see from Montreal is one Kansas City's a bad team this year, right? Um, so <laughs> some of the things that that showed in Montreal um, didn't show in Kansas City. Montreal mm-hmm. is one of the best teams in the East. I mean, that is a very good team that's developed well, that has its tactics down, that plays a different kind of soccer than anything you've seen in the West this year, right? Yeah. Um, the, the What it showed to me, you're right, the, the defense, it struggled. But really where we struggled was coming out of the midfield and that partnership with Rusnak and Rowe just didn't work. Um I, I don't put that on Rusnak because he's, I mean, he's working with his you know, third or fourth partner for the year with, you know, with, uh, with Jao Paulo and, and then Vargas. And, you know, you could even toss the, the, you know, Josh Atencio in that mix. Um, you know, and I understand, you know, uh, Brian wanting to get Rowe in, but I, man, it just, that it just didn't work in the double pivot. It really killed possession a lot, made it hard. We, we weren't able to break their press well. And so much of it revolved around that, that, that double pivot in the midfield. Um, and I would say more of that fell in row. Now I'm not a row hater. I actually think he's done a tremendous job coming in and, and, and being a, you know, a, a tool that fits in a bunch of different spots, but he's, he's not an MLS level uh, defensive midfielder anymore. And, yeah. You know, I, and it, I, I think it showed. I think it I think it really hurt because we had that's the connection that missed where the passes were constantly off, where there are just too many turnovers, uh, inability to get out to the wings and help them. It just it was over and over and over again. And we kept losing possession. How many times did it come through his feet? Way too many. And again, I like him as a player. And I think he still has a big place on this team, but it's not starting as a as a as a six or an eight in the double pivot. 
Yeah. Jackson Reagan was also getting punished a lot more for his mistakes in this game. Ordinarily, mm -hmm. like yeah. against Kansas City, he had a few little slip ups, but he got away with them because, you know, he was on top of it and Kansas City just wasn't. But in this game, on top of the fact that they were able to slide, I think it was 11 and 13 or 11 and 23 up just past Rowan and Rusnak and play them behind our guys in the midfield. Um, yeah, but Reagan went, we knew who was coming up. So Reagan would have to drop out and cover the far side. And because of that, he had, I think, a lot more real estate. And he's kind of slower than Ariega is. So without him there to, I mean, without Nuhu there to back him up and with Yamar having to come over, he just, he couldn't afford to make a lot of the mistakes that he did. And he, he paid for them so i think it's night as nice as it is to give him the minutes i i don't think i would be upset to see ab sissoko get a few starts now maybe someone with just a little more first team experience getting up there and, and just getting the extra minutes because and bringing reagan on for a sub because it's nice having the big guy up front or you know in center but i mean he's making little rookie mistakes and they capitalized and other teams are going to notice that definitely all right, that is going to wrap up uh, this uh, edition of Sounders Talk and International Men's Soccer or International Talker Talk. Uh, guys, thank you so much for, uh, you know, kind of uh, stepping in and uh, playing a part time co host for this Sounders segment. I look forward to talking with you guys uh, next uh, Friday uh, because uh, we got a big match coming up here against Toronto. Let's uh, let's uh, win this uh, MLS uh, Cup rematch. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. Two games in a row. Yep, definitely. And uh, guys, uh, before I get you out of here, I also want to say that again, thank you so much for, uh, you know, stepping in and uh, being a part time uh, co-host. And uh, you guys have a happy Fourth of July, guys. Same. Yep, thanks thank you. you. You too. No yep. problem, man. Have a good night, guys. Bye. And there you go. That is it. For, that is going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. Uh, be sure to uh, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Be sure to follow the podcast on Google, Spotify and on Apple. And as always, we are going to see you next Friday. So, so long. Good night. Good afternoon, wherever the hell you are. And uh, yeah. Later, guys. <laughs>